Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In this episode, we are going to talk with a woman who is a principal partner for a private capital division of a well-known family business. But before we hear from her, I'd like to have you hear from our show sponsors, Sunbelt Business Advisors and Baker Tilly. At advisory and accounting firm Baker Tilly, we serve as value architects to help companies enhance and protect their value as they prepare to exit their business. Our team utilizes a rigorous approach to guide business owners through their transition, and we work with your other advisors to coordinate all aspects of a successful exit plan. Visit us at bakertilly.com to see how we can help. Baker Tilly, now for tomorrow. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Emma Gergen, who is a private equity principal at Carlson Private Capital. Emma, I am so excited that you are here. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks, Julie. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, I um, I think I shared with you before that this is a particular topic when we talk about family office and investment that we haven't covered yet on Poise for Exit. So I'm really glad that you're here because I know that you know so much about it. And so we're just going to dive right in, that okay? Sounds great, and I am very passionate about it, so happy to share. Excellent, excellent. Well, maybe you could start by giving us a little bit of your background. Like, how did you get to where you are right now? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota. I often, though, traveled back and forth to Dubuque, Iowa, where my oh. family business is located. Great. was just there last weekend, actually. Um, our business is in electrical distribution, and I've never worked in the company, but it's through that childhood experience where I really developed an interest in kind of owning and investing in, in businesses pretty early on. Um, from a professional perspective, I pursued a, a degree in, in accounting and finance roles throughout my career. You know, started out at Notre Dame with an accounting degree working at Deloitte mm-hmm. here in Minneapolis. Great. Um, then spent a few years at an, in investment banking at a firm called Triple Tree. Sure. Um, went to get my MBA from Northwestern in Chicago. Um, and then came back and joined a, a large, well-known private equity firm here in Minneapolis called Norwest Equity Partners. Mm. Um, there, I just was able to work with some very talented investors and, and management teams from different companies that we would invest in and had a, had a wonderful experience. You know, it, a couple of years ago now, in early 2019, you know, I had the opportunity to join a couple of friends and colleagues 
uh, to launch a direct investing platform for the Carlson family. Wow. Um, super amazing opportunity, once in a lifetime, really. Yeah. And for me, given what I just shared about my family business background, it was a perfect combination of my professional experience as an investor mm-hmm. and you know my personal passion for family businesses stemming from that initial experience and really having a sensitivity um, toward continuing a legacy that you know my great-grandfather had started growing a business, serving customers, employees, and the communities around them, which is certainly very much aligned with the platform that you know, the Carlson family and our team have, have envisioned I understand um, for, that, this yeah. por- for this portfolio. I mean, on the personal front, I'm married. I have one son, and as you can see, but no one else can. I have a baby <laughs> on the way in August. Wonderful. Congratulations. Um, so that's, that's a lot of fun. And I also serve um, on a nonprofit board of a local... Uh, high school, Cristo Ray Jesuit High School, which is mm-hmm. uh, a school in the inner city Minneapolis that's yes. got a pretty neat corporate work study program yeah. that I'm, I'm uh, also passionate about. I've heard great things about Cristo Ray. Uh, it's just a, amazing, especially this yeah. past year. It's been a real yes. inspiration to be a part of it. Very, very good. So super interesting. Family business in Dubuque. Uh, my husband is from Dubuque, actually, so we oh. make frequent trips to Come Dubuque. On. Love that city. Were, did you ever work in the family business at all? I did not. No, not no. at all. Okay. I'm, I'm involved with uh, with my family through, we've got family governance and family council to help, Good for help you. the business with different issues and challenges and support. Um, mm-hmm. But never, you know, I'm the oldest in the fourth generation and they say that, you know, different generations to interpret uh, what, you know, what they should do and how they should be involved in the business differently. And, yeah. and so it's been interesting to see that evolution. But you know, very, very few of us work in the business today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And good for you that you realized that it wasn't for you because so many times I think that um, other generations, younger generations come into the business because maybe they feel like it's expected of them or because they've put the expectation on themselves, but it may not actually be a good fit. So then that really kind of hurts, right, the continuation right. of the company mm-hmm. and and being able to carry on the legacy. So Yeah, we see that a lot, um, mm-hmm. actually, in the opportunities that we look to invest in. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always interesting to me to be able to... Um, see that 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 there are some solutions for transition that maybe don't maybe people don't think about like the Carlson private capital solution mm-hmm. um, and others that help with those transitions instead of you know maybe kind of forcing the the, the family members to make that decision to which join the business which may not be their their interest exactly so let's talk about what you're doing and and how Carlson Private Capital fits into the private equity world. I know we're talking about family business. I'm sure we've got listeners out there who are like, okay, well, what's the difference? Okay, so could you just talk to us about that? Like, what's the differentiator? How do you guys fit into the industry? Yeah, sure. So maybe it would help just to take a step back and talk about the private equity industry generally and like how I I would categorize um, mm-hmm. the segmentation. So you, you've got a pretty wide spectrum of investors in, in, in private businesses, you know, from mm-hmm. individual angel investors to small groups who invest in early stage businesses, all the way through large leveraged buyout uh, businesses in you know, traditional buyout funds, like a, like a, a firm that I, that I came from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most funds, their structure are that they raise capital from limited partners, pension funds, high net worth individuals. Um, and, they are beholden then to those limited partners to deploy that capital into investment opportunities within a certain time frame and certain parameters of the specs of those businesses. Yes. And then uh, also they're beholden to liquidating, liquidating those investments within a certain hold period, right. which, um, which is a huge 
differentiator between um, a private equity firm's model and a, a family capital model. For sure. You know, there's there's uh, an entirely different constituency of limited partners, so to speak, and those happen to be family members who have bestowed on us a fiduciary responsibility that extends beyond just returning uh, a return to the shareholders, but also mm-hmm. um, you know, includes supporting the employees and the communities mm-hmm. and uh, allowing for a transition of a business over a period of time as opposed to a specified hold period, which mm-hmm. is the traditional private equity structure. Yes. Um, so I think that, that would be you know, one of the, the biggest differences between, and the biggest difference between our model and a traditional private equity firm's model. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we launched the platform really for the, for on the behalf of the family to get back to their roots of investing in middle market businesses. They'd mm-hmm. grown up, you know, the, their history begins in 1938 with the founding of uh, the first loyalty program for grocery retailers called Gold Bond Stamps. I remember. Um, and they they parlayed that success into owning and investing and growing a number of very successful businesses over time, you know, notably TGI Fridays and Madison Hotel Group. Correct. And it's those dollars that we are um, we've taken to help redeploy into great middle market businesses um, and really providing a third option for business owners who are looking for liquidity. You know, if you think about the available options today, you've got, a, you p- potentially could sell your business to another company, a strategic acquirer. You could sell your business to a financial sponsor, a traditional private equity firm with the terms that I, that I described. And there's mm-hmm. really great options out there for that. Yes. Um, or, you know, as a third option, you have a business like Carlson Private Capital that has a lot of the benefits of traditional private equity f- firms and, and also a lot of the benefits um, you know, that traditional private equity firms cannot offer because of their institutional capital base. Right. Well, I think it's all about the legacy, right? And so maybe in other words, uh, your firm focuses on buy and hold. We do, yeah. We, yeah. we, we have the flexibility to, mm-hmm. uh, to sell in any time frame. So, you know, there are, and there are businesses. When it we makes have sense. four, four sure. companies in the portfolio today, and, and there are a couple that, you know, they, they, will, they will sell again, um, but they wanted that flexibility of being able to decide on their terms, you know, what in our, you know, collective terms, what that, what that timeline looks like. Right. Um, so that's, that's definitely a good way, um, you know, kind of to describe us. And mm-hmm. you know, I think one of the other uh, differentiators, and just to put a little bit more context on it from a um, tangible perspective, as we think about being part of, if you think about it as a business owner, being part of one of those options, being part of a family capital option in a year like this past one where you have um, significant challenges in the business. Yes. You know, you're able to have a level of flexibility and a lens on decision-making that is significantly different than you have when you have institutional investors. Um, You know, the Carlson family has a long-standing tradition of civic engagement in the Midwest and very much cares about the people who are at the core of their businesses, um, you know, one of the unique things that they do is dedicate a portion of their foundation dollars to supporting philanthropic efforts mm. of um, that are relevant to the businesses that they own. And so that's one of the many ways that we can provide support beyond capital. Um, and when we think about the challenges through COVID for our portfolio, we were certainly able to do that. Um, we were able to to take an extremely long-term lens with regard to the near-term opportunities for a business that you may otherwise be you know, pretty constrained 
um, just given the nature of the t- challenges that we were dealing with. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, lots of examples there. I'm sure that you would have to share as well as as myself with the clients that I've worked with um, and the people that I'm talking to like right now, just with how much it's changed everything. Even if their business is doing well, they have relationships with other businesses like right. suppliers and vendors, clients and customers that maybe didn't shake out so well. And so that obviously the ripple effect of that is it affects it affects those the, the people that are even doing well, right? They're having a hard time trying to figure out how to pivot and what's next and Yeah, and I think that the emotional burden, regardless of whether your business um, survived or thrived or was extremely challenged, the emotional burden is real of of uh, of upholding your legacy through this past year and and what that means and how, how difficult that was and um, you know mm-hmm. how that maybe changes your lens on the future. So when we talk about legacy and we talk about the involvement of Carlson, how involved do you guys get? Like say for instance you've made an acquisition. If I'm the owner and and I need assistance or guidance, um, t- what does that look like? Like what does your process look like ongoingly? Yeah, it's a really good question and it's a question that I would suggest um, folks think long and hard about what they're looking for in that regard if they are going to bring on a partner because everyone approaches that quite differently. Of course. Um, For us, we take a company-first approach, a really a a pull versus a push strategy from the business, Uh, meaning, you know, we we bring a breadth of network and resources to bear uh, for our portfolio, but only when it's needed. We don't come in and prescribe a strategy uh, we don't pretend to be operators. You know, we say that our management teams have forgotten more about their businesses than we're ever going to know. Um, and and so mm-hmm. we we look to them to guide the strategy of the business and ask uh, for help where where we can be most helpful. So mm-hmm. that tends to be, um, just given the financial background of most of our team, um, certainly help with M and A strategy and execution. Mm help with uh, financing and capital structure, decision-making, mm-hmm. finance-related support. Um, but it also, um, because of the, the, the nature of the amount, number of investments we've made and how, much, how many businesses we've seen through similar transitions, mm-hmm. and it's always uh, surprising to me how, much par- how many penny parallels exist between businesses in similar stages, yes. even in different industries. Absolutely. Um, so we have have built a network of really great resources and advisors, both mm. functionally and across industries who can serve as either board advisors to the business. If we with, along with the management team and, and rollover um, shareholders believe that's the right thing to do, um, you know, or consulting projects or otherwise, you know, when they have uh, challenges or opportunities that they want to pursue with, with the company, you know, we were, you usually just to, to summarize, after making an investment, we'll set, sit down with the, the team and say, okay, what are the three to five things that are really going to move the needle for you guys over the next, you know, to pick your time horizon? Mm-hmm. And how can we be helpful? I love that because you're putting the, the decision-making power still in their court, but yet they don't feel like they're all alone and they do have your expertise. Um, let, me, let me ask a question. You said something about M&A advisory. So does that mean that if I'm the owner and you've recently acquired my company, or maybe not recently, um, does that mean that you give me help in making strategic acquisitions if I decide that I want to do that? 
Yeah, or no, definitely. We would do that yeah. decision, make that decision together, I'm sure. Right. It would be a collaboration. Right. right. Um, but if, and, and that is the case with one of our businesses up in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, a business mm-hmm. called Lake Shirts, founded by two gentlemen in 1984 who yeah. um, had a had an amazing vision and built a really wonderful company. Um, they ha- identified that there was an opportunity in their industry to continue to, to consolidate a family of businesses mm. um, under the Lake Shirts name where they could broaden their reach of customers and products and, um, and you know, really ha- asked for our help in executing on that strategy. So it's both capital. Right. It's helping identify potential investment opportunities. So we built a huge database of landscape potential um, mm. potential. Uh, businesses to pursue. We actually made three investments with that in that with that business and three acquisitions last year during COVID, when wow. it was a scary time to do so, but it was the right thing to do for the business mm-hmm. for the long term. Um, and then we'll provide a lot of the, for lack of a better term, engine room type of activity. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll really help them with what we do best and diligence and documentation and some of the nitty gritty behind the scenes stuff that mm-hmm. they don't. You know, that's a lot to manage when you're also trying to manage your business. Exactly. And so we kind of sit behind the scenes yes. as a su- in a support function in, mm-hmm. in, in, in that regard. If that makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. In fact, that is what I advise my clients to do. You know, that's kind of what my role is as an exit planner. If I'm, if I'm still involved with the client while they're in the process of due diligence, I'm, I usually am. Um, I help with that as much as I can and try to coordinate the team so that they don't have to take their foot off the gas because we don't want them to do that. Right. Yeah. And it's, they got to keep it's, running it's the business. Really, it's really, it's stressful on, on both the buy side and the sell side. Yeah. Both sides. Um, it's a, and it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it really so is. I, I think your role is incredibly yeah. valuable in that mm-hmm. regard. For sure. So uh, when it comes to uh, ownership and equity stake, what would you mm-hmm. say is your typical equity stake in an investment? Yes. So we look for businesses that um, have achieved typically a minimum of $5 million in EBITDA mm-hmm. um, because we're looking to invest $20 million to $100 million in, in equity value in, in every uh, transaction. Okay. You know, one of the fun things about the family office world relative to traditional private equity you know, is there's a lot more collaboration. Yes. And um, helping one another versus competing mm-hmm. against one another, mm-hmm. which allows us to... Uh, you know, open up the size of the investment that we'll make and even bring in strategic families, um, you know, who may be particularly relevant in the industries that the businesses operate in, um, which can be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And so how many people are on your team? What's your process? Like, how do you guys run when you, when you, if I were going to refer a client to you, would we just start out having a conversation, I'm assuming, just like, you know, kind of test the waters, ask some questions, gather info? Yeah, it's a um, you know, very much starts as a conversation, you know, either directly with us or, or you know, through an investment banker or broker that, that the individual business might be working with. Um, there are seven people on our team. We run really lean. Um, and, uh, you know, we all have histories for the most part of working together. And most of us actually have family business histories too, which is really uh, interesting and ironic in some yes. ways, but also serendipitous. It is, um, very much so. And so, yeah, we, we all, uh, most of us wear uh, the same hat in terms of trying to identify new potential investment opportunities, develop close relationships, perform due diligence on new, new investments, and then manage uh, the portfolio, you know, helping those businesses to continue to, to grow and thrive. So you're there from start to finish, and do you tend to be then the go-to um, internally 
as far as if I'm the owner and, and there's a person that's my, my contact, my go-to. Like you're yeah. the person, depending yep. on like you depending all have kind on of like your book or whatever. We all, exactly. We Got all it. have our, 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 our portfolio. Sure. Myself and my two partners will certainly be uh-huh. um, pretty involved on, on, yeah. on every investment that we that we make and mm-hmm. um and then yeah the, you know what's interesting is it seems like it pretty foreign uh perhaps uh, as you know a, a new um entrant to an investment but uh it becomes quite natural you know it's sure in, in some ways it's a silly silly parallel but it's like a marriage sure you know you, you figure out uh the how the other person operates who does what to whom and why and how and how you mm-hmm. work together and you know you hopefully on the front end you establish alignment and shared values mm-hmm. and then you know things can be really wonderful they definitely can alignment of shared values is number 1 isn't it it's so important yeah it's just beyond yeah. important yeah. yeah yeah i think that that's why a lot of acquisitions fail um because two companies come together and there's no match with the values or philosophy you know well and it's hard to it's hard in this deal environment to really take the time to make sure that, that that's the case. Sure. You know, just because of the way that a typical process is run, as you know well, mm-hmm. it's you know moving really quick, and you know Very. you hardly have time to shake someone's hand, let alone mm-hmm. figure out you know that they're, what's in their closet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's <laughs> under the hood, right? Uh-huh. Well, uh, this has been wonderful. I um, I just wanted to ask if you had. Any kind of advice or takeaways for our business owner audience who are listening? Yeah, I think I have a couple of things that I thought would be relevant to mention. Please. Um, you know, first is, you, know, you certainly know this well through all the exit planning work that you've done, but, you know, being intentional about your transition plan, mm-hmm. um, is, it's really one of the most important decisions that you'll make as a business owner, and um, it can have significant implications for your legacy long term. And yeah. so the more intention and time you take on the front end to think through what's important to you, both about how your business will, you know, continue to succeed without your involvement, perhaps, and how it can benefit from the capital and expertise of, of outside investors so that, you know, before you start a process of, of you know, embarking on interviewing people um, or, or otherwise that, you know, you have an idea of what, what good would look like for you. Yes. Um, I think that would be one. And, you know, and, and the other is, there's there's no reason why not to start now building your network of advisors and resources you can trust so you can collect as much information and knowledge about the market as possible and have yes. multiple perspectives to guide um, your decision making around the, that transition uh, because you know the market does change quickly yes um, you know there's there's there are definitely people who who can provide exceptional insights that save you a lot of time um, and it just would be really you know, time well spent, especially when there's not you know, a gun to your head about having to do something. Yeah, earlier the better. I agree 100%. And to your point about educating yourself, um, that's like the focus of the work that I do is helping those business owners get to a point where they feel like they understand what their options are and they can make a good sound decision Yeah, and not be under the gun to do it. Work. Yeah. Yeah, and really rewarding when it can be done the right way. Well, and the work that you guys are doing is really super great. And I, 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 um, I hope that you get a lot of calls from people after this <laughs> show because well. I think that the work that you're doing is really significant. And I appreciate you being here. Well, thank you very much. I'm absolutely lucky to to be able to be doing what I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. What What's the best way for people to reach you then, Emma? You know, email is probably easiest. Okay. Um, which is on our website, CarlsonPrivateCapital.com. Perfect. Um, carlsonprivatecapital.com. We will have that in our show notes. 
And uh, so thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Julie. Wonderful to be here. Yeah, for sure. For our listeners, this episode will be available for download on the Poised for Exit website at poisedforexit.com, where you can also order a copy of my book. Please do share this program with your business owner, friends, and colleagues. We really do appreciate your subscriptions and following us. And uh, I hope you can join us again next time.